Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, now every uh, nine o'clock hour of the show, we like to walk in sunshine here on the program. That's the point of uh, Roger Miller's song. There is a kind of get you in the mood, make you feel sunny and happy as we uh, head into our uh, final hour together every day. But today, it's also walking in sunshine outside. It's going to be a beautiful day today. Not so much right now. Still a little bit of fog floating around. More importantly, it's still cold. We still have a freeze warning in effect that officially kicks in. Well, it said 9 o'clock, and then Adam said maybe 9.30, and then I saw another one that said 10. So somewhere in the next hour or so, the freeze warning probably is over. Actually, we're above freezing now, temperature-wise. But but the rest of the day, sunshine, blue skies, near 60 for today. Tomorrow, sunny, 70. Sunny on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. All of those will be in the mid-70s. All good, all good. Uh, and we'll be in the 60s over the weekend, but we do look for a good chance of rain on Saturday and Sunday. But all the way around, not bad. 33. That means right across the board. I'm sorry. 33, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 33 at the Highlands. 33 in Elm Grove. And 33 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. The wacky weather, it it makes you have to really think back to the the times growing up on, on Christmas. We got we got sleds. Yeah. You know, because we actually had because snow. Because usually there was snow on yeah. Christmas. And yeah, all right. But I would say this stretch of uh, weather would be what the old timers used to refer to as Indian, Indian summer. summer. Because yep. what, what what's the key effect, Howard? It comes nice weather after your first frost. frost. Right. Yes. Yeah, this week I think could be defined as Indian summer. Yes. It's going to be, you know, mid-70s, sunny in the mid-70s. And I, that's exactly what, it, what it's. It's Indian summer. The leaves are falling, have fallen. Can't imagine. Every year I'm stunned at how many leaves fall off the trees. You know, they get raked in our yard. You know how I use that passive phrase, they get raked in our yard. I didn't say I rake. Morning, Nancy. Yeah, they get raked. Uh, and the next day, there's a, there's a whole nother yard full of them, and it just, it, it just never stop, like snowflakes or something. Anyway, um, I tell you what, though, driving up to uh, Dillonville to preach yesterday uh, on the riverbank, Bob, it was just gorgeous. The sun, the blue skies were out. It was just a gorgeous blue sky morning with great pops of color. The trees were changing color. There were oranges and yellows and, and reds. And it was just a beautiful fall-like uh, ride uh, right up to the church yesterday uh, because things have been, uh, have been changing. 9, 12, 12 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Did I tell you 33 across the board? I did. 33 degrees uh, pretty much uh, everywhere. A couple of quick uh, public service announcements I want to make. Um, both of these have to do with churches that I actually work with. Um, Dillonvale, where I preach several times a, uh, a month. Uh, the Dillonvale Presbyterian Church having their annual Hugh Smith Pancake Breakfast this coming Saturday, uh, Sunday, Sunday, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
Uh, it's a fundraising breakfast. The uh, breakfast includes pancakes, sausage, fruit, juicy juice, coffee, uh, $5 for adults, $3 for kids. Hey, you can come up and uh, listen to me preach from 9.30 until 10.30. <laughs> now, maybe you don't want to do that. Uh, but then hang around and have the pancake breakfast beginning at 11 o'clock in the church basement. That's the Dillonvale Presbyterian Church. And then um, my, uh, my home church, uh, Vance Church, is having a trunk or treat on Halloween night, Tuesday, October 31st, 5 to 7 p.m., trunk or treat, Advanced Church, right there at the corner of Bethany Pike and National Road, uh, right across from Sheets, if you will. You probably know where it is. Um, your kids can have an opportunity to get uh, some candy from the trunks. We've got some hot dogs and games we'll do inside. Uh, safe trick-or-treating if you'd like to. 5 to 7, so you might want to bring your kids down a little bit early before the actual trick-or-treating begins at 6.30 uh, or however you want to do it. But that's Advanced Church. Trunk or, trunk or Treat, Tuesday, October the 31st. And uh, just speaking of Trunk or Treat, the Community College, West Virginia Northern Community College Education Club hosting a Trunk or Treat event this Thursday from 5.30 until 7.30 in the parking lot behind the B&O building. So those are a few of the things that are going on that I thought I would mention to you. Well, we have spent a lot of our time the last week or so after Wheeling Council spent a lot of their time talking about the homeless situation here in Wheeling and a variety of ideas on what to do about it. We'll continue that conversation with Councilman Ben Seidler coming up next. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Weekends are made for sports. And Saturday mornings are all sports here on The Watchdog. West Virginia football scoreboard, Ohio Sports Magazine, the good old boys on sports, with Bear and Bob at 8 with your calls, and complete coverage of the NFL, college, and local high school action on the Paul Harris Law Office Sports Huddle from 9 to noon. Saturday morning sports, from the Ohio Valley's leader in live and local sports coverage, The Watchdog. The Watchdog. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Glad I'd be missing you so come Monday, it'll be alright. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown early haze, and I just want you back by my side. 
916 Watchdog Morning Show. <laughs> Frio Stack auction service phone lines and text lines are open. Text line 304-214-1600. 304-214-1600. Howard, I already listen to you preach five days a week on the radio. Why in the hell would I want to hear you preach additionally on Sunday? But then don't come up to Dillonville and listen to me preach or Martin's Ferry where I preach or other places where I preach. So do, do, do I preach here, Bob? Do you think this is preaching? No, but every once in a while when you get riled up, Howard. It becomes a, it becomes yeah. a bit of a yeah, little preaching. All right. All right. Um, I don't know if there's been a lot of preaching going on, but there's been a lot of discussion going on about homelessness in the city of Wheeling, and we have talked about it over and over again. Council had a lengthy and, and uh, tense, I won't call it angry session, but a tense session a couple of weeks ago on the subject. Uh, Wheeling Councilman Ben Seidler uh, spoke up on a couple of points that I really want to touch base on, so I invited Ben to join us this morning. Councilman, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Good. Let's begin with, uh, I want to set the stage. You are, I guess for lack of a better word, you are a homeless advocate. I mean, you have really shown a lot of compassion for and and a need to deal with homeless in a very positive way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think our homeless uh, community uh, absolutely deserves to be represented. I, I think that uh, it's our absolutely our responsibility to provide uh, life-sustaining measures, and, and it's our responsibility to to do our part to allow these folks to have their dignity and uh, be treated as humans. Um, you know, the only place that I start pushing back is is when that those rights um, start trumping the rights of everybody else's personal enjoyment of their property and their safety and public safety. So I have a huge heart for the homeless, but I also see both sides of the problem. And where we are right now in this homeless situation is is really just unacceptable at this point, and we have to find a fair balance because there's other people in our community that are being negatively impacted, and the crime is through the roof, and, you know, people deserve to be able to walk down the walking trail without being chased. They deserve to be able to take their kids to the playgrounds without, um, you know, screening the entire playground for needles or finding people sleeping underneath the uh, the, the playground um, equipment, you know, um, in less than uh, appropriate, you know, clothing. It, it seems to me part of the problem we have is people on both sides uh, of this issue see it as either or. Either we're going to crack down on the homeless and we don't like them, or we're going to let the homeless do anything they want to do and, uh, you know, we, we, and not, not do anything about it. And I think what you just said is where we need to get our heads together. There is a concern that we all should have about people who are homeless and the I call it the social societal concern about helping them. But we also have to, at the same time, acknowledge that sometimes that becomes a problem for the, the other citizens here in town. And we've got to find a balance between that. Absolutely. I think you just said it best. Every, uh, so many folks are either, you know, completely on one side or completely on the other side. And there has to be a balance in the middle. There has to be a balance in the middle. What is the balance? Council is now looking at this ordinance based on the Parkersburg ordinance to ban uh, what they call urban camping, basically not just homeless camps, but any kind of camping, uh, public sleeping outside on all public spaces that is pending. Maybe um, a, um, an amendment maybe to that would include a single managed camp. Is that the way you think we should go? Um, I think, I think that's kind of the way we should go. Um, but I, I've, so, so we can just start over on that. Yes, that was the proposal that was uh, proposed uh, at the last council set, at council meeting. There was obviously an amendment to, to allow the city manager to have 
the authority to designate a location as a managed camp. Um, my opinion at this point, after continuing this dialogue, so so we back up a little bit further. You know, I've been speaking with the local homeless organizations and folks for, uh, you know, quite some time on this topic and really ramped up recently on this. And, you know, where I offered to my support and do everything in my power to bring other members of council and the administration on was to provide one designated campsite uh, that had the resources um, that, that all the local homeless organizations could be, you know, could focus on, had the resources, had port-a-johns or restrooms, had shower facilities, um, had, you know, the necessary places that this could be the one central triage place within our city that people could come and camp if they needed to, but with the idea that these wraparound services would be available to them. Now, before everybody freaks out, I'm not saying that the city should be on the hook for providing all of those mm -hmm. services. We shouldn't be. We have to rely on our other organizations. So I'm not saying that the city would be on the hook for paying for each and every one of those things. My take on that is the city should be responsible for providing the location. Um, as you as you very well know, we've been our homeless liaisons been working very hard uh, along with our city manager and uh, the director of Wheeling Housing Authority, Joyce Woolen, um, to put together this concept of the Life Hub, which is a nonprofit organization that will offer these wraparound services. Um, and, and my opinion on this is, is from a city perspective, we should put our full support behind this one organization that will be responsible for maintaining this camp and be responsible for working with the other local homeless organizations to, um, to provide all those services and do their best to, to ensure that we're not duplicating services across the board. So I'm not sure if I answered your question there, but no, that's my No, I, first place, I just want to have a dialogue and a conversation about all of this. So that's, it's good that we do. Yep. I life hub a couple of things. A I am um, still not a hundred percent sure what exactly the life hub is eventually going to be. I still feel that I have a lot of questions about it, and and part of the problem I have with the life hub, as I think I understand it, if it's a place for wraparound services, if it's a place where homeless can go to gather information, to be given guidance, to be given help on how to get out of homelessness and so on, I get it. I am a little disturbed by the idea that it will become a homeless shelter as well, right there in the heart of downtown Wheeling. That that concerns me. Now I'm just a guy on the radio. I don't know, but that's that that, that concerns me. Yeah, and if I could touch on that, you're absolutely right on that part. And and here's here's my take on that. Historically speaking, and this is kind of where I get frustrated with the progress of some of the other local homeless organizations, is that this concept of a shelter or a campsite or whatever also always seems to be a permanent fixture right it, it seems to be a place where they can just where homeless folks can just come and they can just be taken care of as they are right now and my expectations of this life hub are that one of the primary missions of this you know from start to finish is that a person's homelessness should be a season of their life and not a permanent fixture of their life so when they come to this, this life hub, you know, with the concept of a low barrier shelter, a shelter, things like that, the goal is not just to shelter these folks indefinitely. The goal would be to get them in the door, work with them, determine the source of their homelessness, the reason by their homelessness, well, the reason of their homelessness, whether that's um, just fell in hard times, but more often than not, it's mental health issue, um, it's drug and alcohol abuse, it's, it's reasons that are a lot more complicated than just I don't have a job, I don't want a job, and, you know, as everybody likes to say, you know, just tell them to get a job. No, it's not that simple. And and a lot of people just say, well, just give them housing. It's not that simple. You know, and today, you know, the hopes, the, most of the folks that are homeless on our streets right now today 
if we put an apartment, if we put in an apartment building tomorrow, they wouldn't succeed there because they don't have the wraparound services they need to be successful. That's the alcohol and drug rehabilitation services. That's the, you know, the mental health services. I know personally of a guy that, you know, we've helped get um, housed twice. And yep. within the first month of both times he was housed, he got evicted. It's not about just giving them a house. If, if, he, if they're not taking their medicine, if they're not medicated, if they're not, um, you know, on a path of rehab or, or, or their, their sobriety, you know, those are major hurdles into keeping people out of homelessness. So the primary goal of this has to be to get somebody in the door and work with them on their appropriate path or their track to get out of the cycle of homelessness. We don't want to house them indefinitely. We want to get them out of the cycle. You are a lot closer to this than I am, uh, and I mean this sincerely. You have a better understanding of what actually is being done. But I don't get a sense that we're devoting a lot of our efforts, our, you know, that air quotes, communal efforts, city, nonprofit groups, life up, whatever, that we're devoting a lot of our effort to finding ways to get people out of homelessness. It seems to me that most of the efforts are to provide services to help them along. I don't mean in a negative way, but, you know, to provide food, to provide shelter, uh, to provide the free shelter and so on. Am I wrong? I mean, are there efforts being made by some of these nonprofit groups or by the city or by the Life Hub to try to get folks out of homelessness when they're in that situation? There certainly are. There certainly are. I would not say a blanket statement of uh, in either direction of that. I would not say that, that the focus is not on that. I would say the focus is not enough on that. Um, there are certainly organizations within our city that are really doing the best they can with their capabilities. Um, you know, Catholic Charities is one of them. Catholic Charities is not one of the organizations that I would question or give a hard time to. Um, you know, I read their their um, their remarks in the paper over the weekend, and I think they're I, th- I think they're they do a fantastic job. Um, I, I think uh, you know YSS does a fantastic job. So those two organizations that responded to my remarks on you, you know the financial incentive of the homeless industry are certainly not the organizations that I would say fall in that category. But to answer your question, I think that we have a lot of status quo happening for sure, but I would not say that's the primary goal of all of our organizations that help our homeless community. Certainly not the light bulb. Help me understand this. And again, I openly, I'm sincere when I say I do not know this. My sense had been originally when the homeless liaison position was created that would fi- that, that that position would help find a way to coordinate the various and sundry groups, all of whom deal with an aspect of homelessness, into some sort of a cohesive, organized whole. And again, from the outside looking in, I still don't see that. No, actually, I, I really do see that. Um, you know, as you know, when this homeless liaison position uh, started being talked about, I was adamantly against it. Um, I was uh, I was not a fan of this concept. I was a fan of funding a full-time position within one of these other organizations to 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 specifically mm-hmm. focus on the people that fell out of the criteria that these other organizations were able to help. But that being said, I think Melissa's doing a fantastic job, and the Life Hub is exactly that. It's a central it's a central hub, if you will, that brings all of these organizations together to do the things that they do best. So, for instance, the Life Hub, the, the intent of the Life Hub is not to uh, feed people, right? The intent of the Life Hub under that category would be to um, work closely with the soup kitchen, and that would be the food, you know, uh, segment of, of the, the greater concept here. Um, same thing with 
with housing, you know, we want to work with, uh, you know, I'm saying we because I'm a big supporter of this life club. We want to work with all the local organizations to do um, the things that they specialize in the most. So it's not it's not intended to be a duplication of all those services. There are certainly some overlap in some places, but it really is to bring all of the organizations together and, and be a central life hub, uh, if you would. You, you just said you're a big supporter of that, and you think the thing that hopefully it can work out. I have a text here. Uh, critical. Uh, it says uh, the councilman is so naive. Taxpayers are going to foot the bill for all of this. Uh, to, to what extent uh, will the life right now? There's, I think, no funding coming from the city. Uh, will the city end up uh, be being a key funder of the life hub? In your opinion? Uh, that's not my goal. No, um, I'm not naive. By the way, I'm absolutely not naive. The, the difference is, is we do nothing and continue to see the cost of the taxpayer as we do today. I mean, why don't you walk downtown and take a look um, on the walking trail of what the, the amount of money we've spent there and what we can't do. Look at the uh, property values in some of these neighborhoods where the homeless stuff's taken over. So for you to say that, you know, are, uh, I'm, I'm just naive and this is all going to be footed by the taxpayer, we're paying for it anyway. I mean, look at the cost, look at the cost to us right now, taxpaying citizens right now who can't even leave their bicycles up on their back porch because they're getting stolen. Forty percent of the crime in our city this summer was perpetuated by homeless individuals. That's taxpayer money right there. So at the end of the day, redirecting those funds to try and, and help this cause and get these people off the streets, I think is absolutely worth it. And, and to answer your question, no, we're not funding anything with the Life Hub right now outside of just the salary of, of Melissa, um, which, again, initially I was completely against. So uh, naive is, uh, is a pretty uh, incorrect <laughs> statement there. Do you see the Life Hub as the, quote, managed camp? Uh, Vice Mayor Thalman proposed one managed camp, and I think you said you like that idea. Would the Life Hub be the managed camp, or would there be a managed camp somewhere else in the community, maybe further out from town, but somewhere that would be in addition to the Life Hub? Uh, my view on this is that the, that the managed camp would be managed by the Life Hub, but it would not be inside the life hub it would gotcha. be my idea of this would be right there next to all the uh, resources that are right there about catholic charities and everything i mean at the same time you know i want it close enough to there but i also don't want folks trekking through a bunch of residential neighborhoods to get back and forth from this camp to the to the resources that they need so that's the, you know nobody wants that either you know it's you know we just got to be honest with each other and some of these things aren't fun to talk about, you know, like saying that nobody wants these folks trekking through their neighborhoods. That's not a popular uh, thing to say out loud. But it's but true. It's the truth. It's true. It's the truth. It creates crimes of opportunity, and it, it just it, it just doesn't do anything for the community. It doesn't do anything for the neighborhood either, and it doesn't help protect the residents either. We've got to find that, that, that balance. You spoke up at the council meeting last week or two weeks ago, I guess it was, whenever it was. Um, and you said, before you said it, you said, I'm probably going to take some flack for this. But you went on to say that some of the groups who are claiming the city is weaponizing against the homeless are actually monetizing the homeless. Do you still stand by that? I do. Um, the phrase was criminalizing the homeless because I, I keep hearing that. I keep getting that thrown in my face that we're trying to criminalize the homeless. And, and I'm, I'm quite frankly I'm offended by that. I mean, I'm working my tail off as well as other members of the council to try and find some way to meet in the middle. And what we keep hearing is these dramatic canned talking points that aren't even really necessarily truthful in some in some cases. And I certainly don't speak for all of the organizations that help our homeless. Um, like I said, the Catholic Charities does a fantastic job 
Uh, YSS does a fantastic job. The, the, the handful that were in the paper, you know, really weren't, aren't really who I'm saying that to. But at the end of the day, you know, I have a pretty lucrative salary as an IT uh, professional, right? And my job is based on my performance. You know, if I don't do my job, I don't get paid. I mean, you, Howard, I mean, you, you've been a radio show, uh, talk, talk show host for, for as long as I can remember. And, and you're clearly there for a reason. And one is because people appreciate what you do for our community. People appreciate the topics you bring to our community. And the value in your radio show brings enough listeners that brings enough value for advertisers to pay to be on your commercials when your show's on. Right. Now, Howard, if you didn't bring quality radio, people, that would mean people wouldn't listen, which would mean people wouldn't advertise, which means you wouldn't be on the radio anymore, right? So right. those of us in corporate America, those of us in corporate America are incentivized uh, to be successful at what we do. And what I'm getting at is the bottom line is, is there's a lot of nonprofits with a lot of six-figure salaries that if this was corporate America, they'd be fired tomorrow. You know, we're paid based on performance, and our bonuses are based on performance. And at the end of the day, you know, our homeless situation isn't getting better. It's getting worse. And, you know, it's, 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 I'm not going to name organizations, but it's a tough pill for me to swallow to see, you know, see some of these folks with six-figure salaries. But at the end of the day, you know, our homeless situation isn't any better. And I'd love to know where, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm certainly not making the case that any of these organizations is getting rich off this. There was a reference to that in the newspaper, and, and that's certainly not what I'm saying. I don't think these are these these organizations are acting as for profit organizations. All I'm saying is is the incentive to reduce homelessness versus just support homelessness is not necessarily there. And when you have six figure salary, and um, you know you put two and two together, I mean you, it's real easy to type in IRS 990 um, in Google along with a along with a uh, right. nonprofit organization name, and you can see the you can see the salaries, you can see the percentage of money that goes to administrative costs versus services. And, you know, most of the most of the organizations that you that you see in the paper um, that respond to this are certainly not ones that I would question. Yeah. So I would agree with you. I, I, first of all, I, I want to say, because I think you're right, the vast majority of these organizations are doing the best as they see the best to be done. I don't think they're out there just trying to to make money. But I do. I, think, agree. I do think your point was well made that that there is it is an industry. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's a huge amount of money being spent uh, on the homeless in this city. Uh, they come through grants, they come through, you know, various funding sources, but nonetheless, there's a huge amount of money running through there. Um, and, and I think that, that, I hate to use your word incentive, or a word to incentivize, or to incentive, that there's an incent, incentive to do it, but I, I think it's something worth worth at least looking at, and I think it was I think it was a fair comment for you to make in context, and I think you've put it in context today. We're not talking about Thanks. all the organizations, but some of them. But let me just clarify one thing. I, when I said incentivize, it's really the inverse of that. I'm not saying – I'm not specifically saying there's an incentive to not make the homeless problem better, right? I'm not saying that I'm – not, I'm not applying any kind of, of, of just, you know, a bad, you know, bad actorship there, right? Mm -hmm for lack of better words. What I'm saying is the incentive is not there to reduce our homeless population. I guess that's what I'm getting at. And, and that's where, and, so it, uh, and that's where the, the problem I see, again, I, I, I shouldn't be taking your time here, but the problem I see is that most of our efforts are to find a way to sustain and help the current homeless. And I don't see as much effort being made as I think we could make 
to try to find ways to move them out of homelessness. And it just, it becomes sort of a, uh, you know, perpetual motion machine. Well, we have to find more ways to provide more services because that's what we do instead of saying we want to provide services as a, by the way, I love the phrase you used, homelessness should be a season of your life, not all of your life. I love that phrase. Uh, We've got to find a way to move them to a new season. And I just don't know that we have focused enough on that uh, because it is easy to fall into the trap of continuing to do what we've always done. It is. And Howard, if I could just take up one more second of your time here with this pitch, this Life Hub, I would strongly encourage you to continue to dig into this Life Hub, you know, have Melissa on, talk about their vision for this, because I really stand behind this. They have gone to great lengths to get grants for this stuff, to to get um, federal funding, state funding for this stuff. Now, it, it you know, at the end of the day, does that relate to taxpayer funds at some level? Of course it yeah. does. It doesn't mean it's city money. It doesn't mean we're raising your taxes to do that. But, of course, it, it's some level of taxpayer money, right? But a lot of it is also private private donations, um, absolutely private donations. Um, so I would encourage you to, to, to look into that some more and, and really, really just dig into that and, and evangelize that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it still comes down to the fact that we are the, the hub, right? We're the central hub, and we shouldn't be, right? If you ask, if you go up and down the river, right, go start at the top, start up at the uh, top of the Ohio River up there and come all the way down, right? This region, you know, Wheeling is the hub. And if you go at Glen, Glendale, Moundsville, um, Powhatan Point, Shadyside, Belair, Bridgeport, what's your homeless population look like? They say, oh, we don't have it. You know, ask them why. Well, we don't have the resources. Well, why don't you have the resources? That's because we just send them all to Wheeling. So right? that, I mean, no question about that. So yeah. by, by creating these, by continuously creating more resources, what we do is continually create the central hub for this to come to. And I don't want that. Like, I want to be clear on that. I don't think that all these places should be sending their homeless to us to take care of. And so that's part of why I'm not a huge fan of, of all these multiple organizations just, you know, digging in here. Um, you know, some of these organizations don't even have active, uh, active uh, nonprofit status anymore, from what I can tell. Right. I mean, so I, I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Ben, do you think this so, uh, do you think this uh, uh, urban camping uh, ban proposal will pass council? Uh, the only person I've heard to say no is uh, Rosemary uh, Ketchum, but a couple of council members have not really expressed themselves openly. Do you think it'll pass at the next reading? I believe that it will be very much modified from the version that was published last. Okay. But I do believe a form of this will be passed, yes. But I think it will be closer in line with us defining the specific places that we want to ban camping as opposed to a blanket ban. I need to let you go here real quick. But when you say modified, obviously I think there's going to be an effort made to, uh, what's his, uh, Chad said he was going to try and introduce an amendment to create a managed camp. Do you think other than that there might be some other modifications made? I think that we will specifically likely define the areas in which we want to ban camping as opposed to a blanket ban. I think that would be a great idea. I also think we need to define what a managed camp is. I like the concept. But I think uh, it needs to be something that's not so nebulous as just a managed camp. We need to define what it's going to be. Ben, good conversation today. Thank you. We've been on this a lot. I'll probably have you back here at some point uh, to talk some more about it. And uh, it's a subject that uh, I think is right now really important to most people here in the city of Wheeling, those who are homeless and those who are not. And I thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Wheeling Councilman Ben Seidel this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 940, 20 till the hour. 
this life hub still I, I don't know everybody I, i'm the people that i originally thought were questioning it or coming around to it maybe he's right maybe i need to learn more about it i'm just i just still don't fully understand what it is and what gets me the whole the whole job created for melissa i thought was to take care of our homeless get them back on their feet and to me all that did was opened up uh floods of uh, communities bringing all their homeless and i don't think that was the idea but hell what do i know well i yeah i mean i providing services for the homeless is an important thing to do uh, and as i say you and i disagree i don't have a problem people come because we have better services but i do think we're not spending enough time talking about how to get these folks how to get them back into what do we call it, normal society or traditional society? We have to recognize there's a problem, and we have to deal with those who currently are not able to feed them. You know, that's a problem. We got to deal with that. We got to provide those services, and we also have to recognize that there there is a time when those problems intrude on the rest of us, and that's got to be dealt with as well. And the maybe fourth level that we've not talked about at all is, or not much, we've got to find a way to say, we're going to feed you for a while. I mean, I'm, that's figuratively speaking. We're going to feed you for a while. What's the old line, you know, teach them to fish and they'll eat for life, give them fish and they'll eat for... Eat for an afternoon. You know what I'm saying. Um, and I'm, I just don't get a sense that there's a lot of that going on. Ben says there is. Maybe there is. I don't know. I don't hear a lot of talk about groups that are trying to to end homelessness. I hear a lot of talk about groups that are trying to help the homeless. I'm okay with that. But if we don't go to the end homelessness thing, we're just going to keep every time we turn around pouring more money into homeless services. Maybe I'm crazy. Okay, I'm probably crazy. 18 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Rebecca Little. Rebecca's here today? Yeah, Rebecca's here today, right? Rebecca Little was here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good morning, Ohio Valley. I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for this Monday, October 23rd. Fog could complicate your morning commute, so be careful, Ohio Valley. And a quick traffic update this morning. Beginning today, a portion of Barker Run Road in Wetzel County will be closed for multiple pipe replacements. That work will last from 7 this morning through 5 in the afternoon today through Friday. Officials recommend taking Route 17 through Barker Run Road as an alternative route. And in Hancock County, a portion of West Virginia Route 2 on Main Street on the new Cumberland Bridge will be restricted to one lane from 7 this morning to 5 p.m. starting today and tomorrow for bridge maintenance. Commuters in the area should slow down and expect delays. Flaggers will be maintaining traffic during this time. And on Thursday, President Joe Biden made a case for U.S. financial support to Israel and Ukraine amid their conflicts with Hamas and Russia, respectively. Meanwhile, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance has been vocally against sending any more money to the Ukrainians, but he supports the funds for Israel. Vance argues that the two situations are quite different. Israel is asking for 6 to $8 billion to respond to a terrorist attack, while Ukraine is asking for approximately $60 billion after already having received $150 billion. Vance says that bundling these two issues together makes it difficult to have an honest debate. And the West Virginia Division of Natural Resources announced over the weekend that the first segment of the antlerless deer firearm season will open on public and private lands. 
The hunt will take place in all or portions of the 51 counties October 26th through the 29th. Hunters who want to take advantage of this early deer firearms opportunity are encouraged to purchase their license and deer stamps online before the season starts. Hunters who can't make it out for the first segment have a chance to participate in three additional segments later this year. All new this morning, the American Red Cross will be having a free event on Wednesday to teach the community about being Red Cross ready. They'll teach you how to prepare for and respond to disasters appropriately. They will also have a 30-minute training for hands-only CPR. You'll learn how to check for consciousness, call 911, and give continuous chest compressions. For more information, you can visit redcross.com. That was a look at your morning headlines for this Monday, October 23rd. I'm Rebecca Little. Have a great day, everybody. Get the best quality Dutch Boy paints with 11% off everything at Menards. We offer free custom color matching and tinting to create thousands of color options. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container and no prep, no prime formula, transforming your home has never been easier. A gallon of DuraClean interior paint starts at $22.95 after 11% off. Good through October 29th. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. He has his say, 
you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. to the hour here watchdog morning show roaming around 33 almost 34 degrees in some places i think we'll probably start jumping up pretty quickly now uh the sun is out and i think the freeze warning will be wrapping up and we should start to see our temperatures go up close to 60 today 70 tomorrow what's the word oh indian summer we're going to be in indian summer i think for most of the rest of this week bob the story's a week or so ago and i didn't get around to it do you see a story down in taylor county west virginia uh, deputies arrested a man after he allegedly let his 12-year-old son drive him to the dollar store. Uh, deputies were dispatched to the Dollar General in Flemington on Veterans Memorial Highway. They were advised there was a 9- to 10-year-old driver driving a man around, and he was all over the roadway. The man, the adult, 51-year-old Clayton McCune, quote, seemed to be impaired. So... It doesn't say. It sounds to me like maybe he was pounding him down at home and needed more beer and couldn't go get it, so he had his kid drive him? I don't know if it was common, but there was a lot of that back in the 60s, 70s. Here, son, you drive. <laughs> I'll help you with the clutch. Uh, you know, a lot of that. I've heard stories of people who would have their kids drive them home because they were too drunk to drive. Oh, geez, I can't drive, you know. I, I, this, this is the first time I've heard of someone saying, son, I need some beer. <laughs> Take me to the store. Although I can tell you there was a time years ago, my wife and I and some of our neighbors were out in the front yard just having, well, quite frankly, a beer party. We're just standing out, sitting outside, standing outside, actually, just drinking beer most of the time. Ran out of beer. Turned to, I think it was Justin, turned to my kids, said, hey, um, I need you to run and go get me some beer. He, he said, Dad... I can't go buy beer. Oh, that's right. Never mind. That's right. Never, never mind. And Howard, I bet there was a time when both of my boys hit a certain age that, that when we would get into our neighborhood, their mother and I would let them sit on our lap and, and, and steer going up the hill. And that's as illegal as hell. You too. were drunk. I was not drunk. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, they gotta, how are they going to learn? I was on heroin, Howard. No, I was not drunk. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Somebody is going to take that. We live in a world where that happens. No, somebody's going to take that and 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 you and use that, I suppose. After deputies ordered the guy out of the vehicle, he admitted he did indeed allow his 12-year-old to drive. And uh, apparently drove for a couple of hours. The, the man has been charged with child neglect and, is, at last I heard, was being held in the regional jail. But... It just was, to me, it's, again, it sounds like the guy just needed a beer and said, son, can you, can you can uh, help dad out? Can you help dad out? Uh, I really don't know how to drive, dad, but. Uh, I'll give it a try. Okay, I'll give it a try. Said the kid was all over the road. I, it's not, I, sh- I suppose we shouldn't laugh. It's not a funny story, but it's just, you know, there are things in life that sometimes you look at and you say, well. I, I mean, you, you could make the argument the dad didn't drive, at least, right? Not the same thing, Howard. You and your chums in the neighborhood never, when you were underage, never, like when uh, maybe someone was out of town for a day or two, never took a little joy ride? 
A joyride? Yeah, you know, get in a car and, and drive when you didn't have your license. I don't think I ever did, to be honest with you. It sounds to me like you must have. One time, and, uh, you know, it just shows really, 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 really bad judgment when you're around 15 years old. Now, I don't think, I, in all seriousness, I don't think I ever did until I got a driver's license. The big thing for us that worked at Figuretti's in the valet parking cars, and we were all underage. I mean, how they fired us still to this day, I don't know. But But you were just driving in the parking lot. Well, and then of course, you know, most of us guys are from Overbrook Avenue and the guys were going to be on the corner. We got to show them this nice Cadillac, Howard. You know, a little joy riding there. All All right. All right. I got it. Um, all right, seven to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It was no, I don't think I ever did. I don't think I ever ever. Uh, I if it's, it's there's going to be somebody out there who grew up with me and going, well, don't you remember when we? I, but I believe I'm being honest. No, I don't think I ever drove uh, before I was permitted to drive. Now that doesn't mean I, it may have been that my dad took me out to Wheeling Park. Well, oh, practice time. Practice time, exactly. Well, let's talk about uh, what's going on at the Big 7 today. Bob Westfall is here with us. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Howard. How was your weekend? I had a good weekend. Uh, nothing overly exciting. A couple of good, you know, meals out. You know me. I love the meals I have. And uh, uh, just in general, it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty good time. Pretty pretty quiet weekend for me. How about yours? Uh, it, was, it was quiet. Yeah, stuff around the house, just getting stuff uh, uh, cleaned up and, you know, things like that. Kind of a relaxing kind of weekend. Bob and I were talking earlier this morning. I'm having a hard time finding anything particularly good to watch on TV right now. You watched anything good on TV or any good movies or anything? Uh, gosh, you caught me off guard. Um, I like I like the paranormal shows and stuff like that. Okay. All I right. watch a lot of that. Uh, there was something actually on this past week. It's called, um, um, they're called Scream Docs or something like that. I, I, on I know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one dealt, this one was, Actually, a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed this one this past weekend. Uh, I like those kind of things. Of course, I love Star Trek and things like that. I watch stuff. Uh, I love the Strange New Worlds now on Paramount Plus. That's a great one. Things like that. So, That's a Star Trek, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How many Star Trek shows are there now? Uh, let's see. There is the two cartoons. Uh, Mandalorian is that on? Is That's it? a Star Wars. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. All right. See, I'm getting them confused. I'm getting them confused. Sorry about that. Oh, my God. This conversation's over. (laughs) All right. Well, then, let's go to uh, Captain Kirk. What are you, uh, what are you, uh, what what is your ship taking us to today uh, over at TV7? Something's working on today. We're going to talk to Ogilvy Park after uh, the court's announced on Friday. Uh, Deer hunt can go on, so we'll have an update on that situation as it goes forward. Uh, Bob, are you hear, Bob, are you hearing any rumors or discussion? I noticed that uh, Teresa Torseva, who brought the suit, had said last week, I think uh, to, to you guys, that she might have comment come Monday. Uh, I haven't seen or heard anything. Do you think they're just going to let it go at this point, based on what uh, you've read, seen, or heard? I'll tell you from the phone calls we've gotten, probably not. But okay. uh, whether there's a legal foot to stand on, I think that's the answer gotcha. uh, right there. Um, so that's kind of where we're at on that one. Uh, if Teresa wants to talk, we're more than happy to talk to her. Um, so we've got that. Uh, it's also Francisco University has offered a safe haven to Jewish students. Uh, that was announced last week. We actually have talked to uh, uh, people at the university exactly what this means. Um, anyone that's facing a threat, uh, anti-Semitic discrimination, violence on U.S. campuses, they are welcome uh, at Franciscan. So we're going to find out exactly what that is and what that means. 
um, see what the words are. Uh, and our Hall of Fame, uh, our Hall, sorry, our, our uh, anniversary uh, stories continue today. We're going to look at our Hall of Famers, and uh, that's Mark Davis, uh, Steve Major, and our own Brenda Danehart. So, uh, Annalise Murphy will have that package today at five o'clock. Um, so, I, I know you will be part of this one, there, Howard. Uh, some kind words about uh, Mark um, Davis. Steve, Mark Davis, Mark Davis. And, and and the joke he pulled on you. <laughs> he, did. Um, he got me good. You got y'all got to watch this on the Big Seven because it's a great story that Mark. People think Mark Davis didn't have a sense of humor because he always looked like an anchorman, you know. He had a yeah. sense of humor, and uh, he he pranked me and he pranked me good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just not seeing why you fell for that one, but anyway. <laughs> um, also talking to Salvation Army, they are in desperate need for bell ringers as uh, the holiday season's fast approaching. Um, so we're going to talk to the Salvation Army here on 16th Street uh, to see what they need, uh, when they need them. So uh, weather, fog, I was telling Adam when I drove in, the fog was dense. I mean, from the time yes. I got on to Route 7, usually it, it it gets a little thicker railing by the marina, but then it's gone by ferry. It, it never disappeared. I came into the station, it was foggy, all the way down Route 7 into Wheeling. Um, so it was a pretty foggy day, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Temperature shooting back up. looks like the low 70s uh, rest of the week. And, of course, sports. Uh, Steelers pulled out one in, um, where'd they be? They were in L.A., and the Browns uh, pulled one out in Indianapolis. So uh, football season's in uh, full gear now. All right, people can check things out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, where news comes first. And keep Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app and the uh, TV7 News app on your smartphone or tablet. Tomorrow, Brenda Danehart and some other members of your team are going to be here. We're going to talk about the 70th anniversary of uh, TV7 here in the studio in the 9 o'clock hour, encouraging our listeners maybe... Uh, to uh, share some memories of Channel 7 with us because uh, a lot of us grew up with TV7. You know, I, right, had the, right. I had the privilege, and it really was a great privilege, to work there at one point, and it was, like, amazing. The, some of the old-timers were still there when I worked there, and it was like, oh, God, I grew up with these people. These people made, they, they created Ohio Valley Television. Right. Just amazing. Right. So we'll talk about that tomorrow here on the show. Hey, Bob, I appreciate your time today. We'll talk to you tomorrow, too. All right, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Bob Westfall from the Big 7 WTRF-TV. i got to go. i got to get out of here. Kirchwell's got the comm coming up next. Then we have um, Seth is in at noon, uh, Neil Brown yo, yo, at uh, 1 o'clock, and uh, the Pine Room guys at 2. Mr. Slider, I hope you feel better today. Well, thank you, Howard. I'm going to go home and take a nap. All right. Naps are always good. Drink a little. Well, you don't drink Pepsi. Just I'm little, off the Pepsi. All right. Well, anyways, have yourself. I hope you feel better. That's why I'm sick. Uh, we will reconvene. <laughs> we'll reconvene tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock. The Watchdog Morning Show.